You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Area 52 podcast. I am Marcus, joined once again by my fellow 52ers. My fellow Arians. Ar- 52. Arians? No, that doesn't no. sound right. No. Areolians? Ari- I'm not affiliated with that group. Areola 52. That's Areolia. the name. Areolians. Um, what does the 52 part describing? Is it like uh, diameter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hairs? <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. <laughs> uh, thickness. Um, <gasps> like millimeters? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. D- density? Okay. Yeah. D- ooh, density. Um, Volume. Eric, Danny, <laughs> welcome back. Here we are again. Uh, it's uh, our proper... Actually, it's not our proper day. We're all over the place. Sometimes we record on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Last week we recorded on a Tuesday. Yep. And then this week we're recording on Monday. Garbage night. Garbage night. <laughs> That's right. Raw is on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a wrestling joke that I don't get. That's all right. It's not very good right now, is all it was. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, Yes. WWE programming is a little. They need to get the praying mantis out there to start fighting. (sighs) Is that your is that your gimmick? Yeah, Yeah. that's our gimmick. Remember. So what you do is you come out, and then um, and then a woman comes out and eats your head. Yeah, it would be summer, right? (laughs) I don't know if she works there anymore. I don't know. Be summer. Uh, Yeah, she's there. I just don't know what she does. I would give her child, and then she would eat me. Wow. Like a praying mantis. Uh, She's better off. <laughs> Dan- da- are you attracted? Is that what your thing? Are you attracted to dangerous women? Uh, Femme fatales? N- no, my my anxiety is way too bad to be with dangerous people. <laughs> I'm nervous. How do you way know? That's really the question. How so do you know? With his mom. No, How, do you know? <laughs> How do you know if a person is uh, is is normal? How do you know if a person is regular? How do you know if they have the potential to be a killer? Fiber. No. Fiber. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dad jokes. <laughs> Sorry. I got to get him out, guys. Got, I got to stretch. You, I got to stretch. You got to make sure. We got, a long, we got a long podcast ahead those, of us. We're only, two minutes, we're only two minutes in, and we've already done nipples and, and, poop, uh, jokes. and poop jokes. Oh, so, my gosh. So, you know, we got a, we got a ways Hopefully to go. Hopefully it's only uphill from here, right? <laughs> right? I, I doubt it. Um, oh, yeah. Eric's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's no, got, we, he hasn't <laughs> even let any out yet, so I don't even know what's backing up I've in him right now. I've been letting him out the whole time we've been in here. We got a fart joke. Um, what did everybody do this week before we get into uh, our topic? What was the week like? I, I mean, I know it. I, I, I say that I, I, to you, but in, in like asking about our listeners mm-hmm. so you can say things, because I know what your week was like. It was my week. We lived, yeah. We lived together as a married Basically, couple. Basically, um, yeah. But we spent some time apart, and that was the part I remembered. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> I just kidding. Shows, I had shows this weekend. Uh, yeah, you, I went we to Park City certain, with my family. With it was fam. my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. She'll never listen to this. Yeah, happy but, birthday, Mama Kimmy. I mean, I've suggested that she listen to this because I would like her to maybe think about some things. I can hear you eating over there. <laughs> I'm trying. Listen, it's Sasha's going to get so mad at me. Yeah, remember, but he's already made very... Specific non, things. Not even subtle threats. He's made very like promising threats to just he rip said, this right off the air. He said to me, and I, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I, I'm not super conscious of it when I'm doing. It, but he says that like when we started this, there was a lot of lip smacking, like a lot of. Nah, like I know this. what it is. It's like when you go to make a sentence, like you, and like you, like I, I can't even that? make. I it. do that. Yeah, I can. 
Well, <laughs> Area, that's the noise. Area, Area 52 <laughs> podcast. Welcome, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and Area transition just here. Yeah, to all the time. Yeah. So, I know that I, I do that anyway, so I'm trying not to. But he edits but I, it out. So he, edit, he does. He edits it out because Sasha's a very good producer. However, uh, today I feel like you should tip him like five bucks extra. <laughs> today, I we we before we did this, uh, we visited the vending machine. So I have this fucking cherry cheese danish that's staring at me yep and i just wanted to sneak a bite of it and i and you called me out apparently i was not being sneaky at all apparently i was just being a lip smack i didn't really call you out the microphone <laughs> the totally. my, my lips and it was my... the creaky floorboard <laughs> of this scenario it called you out i <laughs> i right, hardly had right. any i just slipped the light on and said who's there <laughs> that's really all <laughs> eric what was your week like you uh you had shows did you did nothing. some shows up in the week uh oh yeah up in ogden um yeah play with my puppy and How's Boeing doing? He said he's, he's getting a little. He's uh, he's getting a little more testy. Yeah, he's like he bites everything, and he he doesn't understand when I discipline him. He thinks it's a game. So if I oh. yell at him and I'm like, no, he's like, oh man, we're, we're playing, playing no. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and so he like goes all crazy and he tries to bite my fingers and I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, we'll play again. Like, oh my god. And now he can jump on the couch, so I have nowhere to hide. Hmm. So he's well, and he's gonna is he getting bigger? Uh, too, I mean, yeah, he he's like eleven pounds now. Wow! Oh, wow! So That's he's like, like about he, as big as Lola. Yeah, yeah he like doesn't uh, fit in India's jackets anymore. And oh. he gained all he he almost doubled his size in like a month and a half. Did you ask him the secret? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can handle twenty four inches, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> <shut> around. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, here's the thing is is that during the week oh all right. I'm trying I'm trying to set the set the stage here and it's just a oh, bunch I don't of even bad. know why we ever bother doing yeah, that. I don't either, know either I mess it up because Look, I'm like during the week, here's how topic it goes. Early. During the week we like I said, we have this list that we keep of topics and we'll We'll watch videos because we subscribe to a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Things will come up and we'll go, that's interesting, or that's interesting, or, you know, this is in the news, or this comes up. And we kind of had an idea. We talked about it because last week we uh, we did our episode about uh, the Denver International Airport, which uh, I thought was a great, fun episode. Very interesting. We got some interesting I feedback. I mean, you're throwing fun around there like well, it was, New World it was Order a, is a day at the beach. It was a cool episode beach, to, to look into. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, it's an interesting episode to look into. Yeah. And, and I'm still just deciding, like, if I want to revert back to ignorance is bliss and just kind of like have I, my mind an, erased of wait, all these things. I can't things. wait until you have to get on an airplane and you got to stop in Denver next time. I, you know what? I, I'm not even kidding. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about when I was standing there, like when you're standing. I just started thinking about all the little places I remember about Denver, and I'm just like thinking about what is like ten stories below my feet right now. Yep. I'm just thinking about that, like going, what's really going on underneath my feet? Alien concentration camps. That sounds like best case scenario. <laughs> That's best case scenario. It's yeah. for them, not us. Yeah. Um, but we had talked about we wanted to, because in that episode we had discussed uh, the possibility of other bases, other things that were around. And we, we wanted to do that. But then we just had this week where uh, I had shows this weekend, um, projects of stuff that we're, we're doing around town here, and we just didn't get the research. We weren't able to like really look into it um, like, we, like we typically do because of the week. Uh, but we all watched, there was a new documentary that showed up on Netflix that um, gave me anxiety. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very interesting, intense documentary. I gave you sure. ideas. <laughs> no, I've had those ideas. 
I'm moving uh, to the right. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over, babe. Sliding over. But because, because we watched this documentary, because it was just kind of one of those things where um, we kind of already had a little uh, bit of knowledge about this going in. We learned a little bit more about it with this thing. Uh, we just decided to go with that this week. Um, and that is the case uh, of Amanda Knox. Uh, for those of you that don't know much about it, there's um, there was this new documentary that just hit Netflix called Amanda Knox. Uh, I think in her own words, what was it? In her own words, Amanda Knox. Something was a, another part to it. I don't remember. It kind of starts Knox out with her in a monologue. Yeah, she's in it. Interview. She tells this story from from looking back on it as mm-hmm. an adult. Now, for those of you, the short story of this, if you want to, if you Look, this is this isn't live. It's only, it's only nine. I mean, the documentary is only ninety minutes, right, anyways. So it's it's not like short. it's not like making a murderer where you gotta like. La, yeah, it's strap in for a few days. It's yeah. really simple. So, look, if you don't know about the Amanda Knox murder case, we are going to tell you all about it. We're going to tell you the, uh, you know, the the details, the the outcomes, everything. So, if you haven't seen it, if you don't know about it, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> pause. Pause this right now. Go. Watch that documentary, look up some other stuff on the internet if you want, and then come back. Ready? Okay, there you go. And go ahead and stop the tape. And you're back. Okay, welcome back. Okay. Uh, Now you've seen the documentary. Now you know a little bit more about Amanda Knox. Let's go ahead and just talk about this as people who know what's going on. Now, the overview of this case is is pretty simple. Um, A girl named Meredith Kircher was found murdered uh, in a house in Italy. She lived with um, a bunch of other exchange students from all over. Meredith was... Perugia, right? It was in a a place called Perugia, Italy. Uh, They lived at a place called the Villa della Pergola, number seven in Perugia, uh, Perugia, Italy, which is a beautiful little town. Also my favorite thing on the Olive Garden menu. (laughs) (laughs) The number seven. Extra breadsticks. Um, But she was found... She lived there with some other friends. She was from uh, the UK, I believe. She was Mm -hmm. British. And... She lived there with some friends, and and, uh, the story goes that Amanda came home one morning after spending the evening with her recent boyfriend, Raffaele Solicito, uh, and noticed that there was her, you know, nobody was answering the door. Um, The door to Meredith's room was locked. Uh, There appeared to be small trace blood stains in the bathroom, and there was uh, the toilet had been used and not flushed. And she thought it weird, called her boyfriend, they came over. Anyway, Meredith's body's found, and as the case unfolds, uh, the attention turns to Raphael and Amanda as the suspects, and then the the story grows from there. Uh, that's the that's the ins and outs of it. The specifics about this story was that Amanda was a young girl from Seattle, Washington, who went to Perugia and hadn't been there all that long. By the time mm-hmm. this all took, I think place. about six weeks actually yeah. at that point. Um, she lived in a house with other people. They all had separate rooms and would share like a main bathroom or something like this. Uh, they were friendly, Small but they weren't all friends. Area. That's right. about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, she, Amanda, for all, she seems like a regular young girl. You know, I mean, pretty, pretty normal. They're going would, to have fun. I would describe her as the um, redheaded chick who plays the uh, flute in American Pie. Kind of, yeah, kind of awkward. Yeah, it was like, awkward. Yeah, but like awkward one of those girls and... who is like, 
um, you know, I, I really like to draw and uh, play with my cat, and uh, I have a butt plug. <laughs> So you're yeah, Stuart like, yeah, from yeah. MTV, yeah. <laughs> or I mean Mad TV, yeah, right? Yeah. But she did. She seemed like that type of girl who, who, yeah, was just you know off on her own and yeah. discovering herself. I mean, and this yeah, and like some of her teachers said that she was um, extremely. Uh, what's the word? I'm, I don't know. I can't think of the word. So she was an overachiever. We'll just say it like that. Yeah. Um, and that she took a lot of classes and signed up for extra classes and things like that, even when she didn't have to. So she was academically an overachiever as well. So she was focused. Um, yeah. She wasn't super. Um, she was. I mean, she she liked to par. There's there's videos of her drinking and having fun, but mm-hmm. she wasn't like, from all accounts, a sloppy fall down, get wasted. In fact, she met a guy while she was there. This guy, uh, Raffaele Solicito. 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 Is how it's pronounced. So let you tell. That's I it. feel bad because like I'm sometimes sure. like when people just Solicito. speak perfect English right. and then they say like a foreign word, they say it all like solecito, you know, yeah. like and I'm like I that bothers Rafael me. But, but when it comes to him, I think it's actually easier to say it. Solecito. Yeah, solecito. It, yeah. Uh, so she met this guy and they had only been together. What like five days? Eight the, eight days. Eight days. It was eight like days. a. It seemed like a very like. I mean, they were like twenty years old, but it seemed like a very like high school relationship. Whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Like we're in love. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're we're. Yeah. I mean, here uh, well, she is. They, here's a young girl. She's by herself for the first time on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. There's no parents around. She has her own house. She's making adult decisions. She's living like an adult. Yeah. This is the first time that she's really getting swept swept up. It's a foreign boy. I mean, it's a whirlwind romance. And if she, anything, she even says like in the documentary, she's like, in America, I was just an average girl. But in Italy, I was the blonde American girl. And so it's like, yeah. she probably mm-hmm. did, got way more attention a, a more than attention. she was used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Raffaele didn't have uh, a lot of relationships before either. He was very... Um, he was the me of He of was Italy. kind of shy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he looked Eric, a, yeah. You're he, still giving yourself too much credit. He, no, <laughs> I still remember. I still, I, but he was also kind of new to this too. And so you yeah. had these two people who... Um, just kind of went for it without any, you know, threw all caution to the wind and just went for it. So, and so they are in love. Whatevs, they're twenty. And they're out there. They're twenty. They're young kids, um, and and for all intents and purposes, there really didn't seem to be. And in my opinion, while I heard this story, like a lot of necessarily interaction among the roommates. I think that's important to say. It wasn't like there was all of these best friends living together that were girl power and they couldn't be separated. It was a bunch of girls who came over there. They found a place to live. Mm-hmm. They kind of all lived separate lives, had separate friends, did separate things, worked separate jobs, were friendly with each other, but weren't best friends. In fact, from more what... like more like dorm roommates. I mean, yeah. their house is even kind of laid out like that, where you had three bedrooms kind of in a row. All the doors right. kind of were self-locking. And, um, and I, I think she had two Italian roommates, correct? And then and Meredith was... Up on the top floor, and then on the bottom, there were boys that lived on the bottom. Oh, okay. And I believe Meredith was actually in a relationship with one of the boys, had started seeing one of the boys that lived on the bottom floor of the house. Hmm. Right? I remember that part. Uh, yes, is that true? I just remember I, I got caught I thought, up Googling I did, the crime scene photos. It was in one of the, the specials that we watched uh, last night. That I didn't know about, if it was Meredith or if it was one of the other roommates that had started seeing. I believe it was Meredith. All right, cool. And... Um, but but for th- I think that's important to note because it wasn't a lot of people after the murder of Meredith took place were really shocked by the way Amanda behaved like she went back to school and she wasn't really like crying all the time and her and, and Raffaele were kissing and I mean I get it it seems out of place for to do after a murder especially one as 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 brutal as what Meredith seemed to have gone through but at the same time I think it's important to note that they weren't best friends. She hadn't been there all that long. It probably shook her up, but for all intents and purposes, she didn't really didn't have much time. She was just like, I'm here with my boyfriend. Hopefully we can find yeah. out what's going on. Oh, wait, I'm in jail. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, she she could have been uh, in somewhat of a shock, almost kind of like a. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but maybe like I'm I'm glad it wasn't me because that could have right. been me, I guess, kind of thing. If because I had come home, yeah. if I would have been there, um, well, and, and I guess the, we should get into what. Let's talk about the story of that night. But you were gonna say something, right? <clears throat> oh, I will. I will hold off. Well, I, when we get to the detective, because what I thought was funny throughout the entire documentary is how long has Italy been a country? And how long have they had a legal system? And their legal system seems like it was run by a bunch of pilgrims that, like, settled them. Like, it seemed like they had no idea about legal systems or about crime yeah. solving or anything. About locking they let, yeah, they let it be contaminated. I, um, I mean, and the other thing is, like... they dressed weird. They had to wear, like, those weird old uniforms yeah. in court. And I was like, what? I was like, how long have they been doing this and they still don't know how to do it? <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is that there's there is a lot of, of issues that come up with the actual murder themse- itself. Now... I was just going to say before before we move on, as, sure. as far as like her emotions go, because they did base most of their um, suspicion and kind of conviction on her actions and, and her reactions to what was going on. But I mean, like, we're not crying about it. I didn't cry about it. I didn't. But I also didn't see her body, and I don't know if she did either. Maybe I don't know if, that she did. She, I don't know that I, I, she ever yeah. saw the body. So, I mean, I, I'm, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner. I'm just saying I wasn't uh, close enough with her. Of course, I feel right. I have empathy towards it. Right. It sucks. Um, it's, a, it's a horrible but thing. But for her, for she was, to... I'm just assuming, in a lot of shock. Well, what of. was yeah. funny was, is that first their suspicion was no emotion. Then when they took her back into the apartment and started asking her questions yeah. and she freaked out and started to show emotion, yeah. then they're like, oh, no emotion, guilty. Emotion, guilty. Guilty. So right. what they wanted. What? And that's the thing is that it kind of looked like the Manini, the Italian detective, detective mm-hmm. kind of yeah. had his idea yeah, he was going like, in. So let's lay, out the, reaching, let's lay out the man. night. Here's the night for those of you that don't know what happened. On the night of November 1st, 2007... <laughs> Did you crush your water bottle as you drank it? No, it just happened. The one, the one spot that there was no noise. Uh, on the on the night of November first, two thousand seven, the story goes as such: Amanda says that she spent the night. This is the original story. Amanda spent the night at Rafaela's house. They hung out, uh, and at some point, she got a text from her boss at the bar that she worked um, saying. No problem. I'll see you later, which she said was in response to her uh, saying, do I need to come into work tonight? You know, is it bad? He said, mm-hmm. no problem. The night, you know, take the night or whatever. Her, her so, boss, pa- Patrick, Patrick Lumumba, Lumumba was the one who told her that. So she said, OK, great. So they watched a movie. They made dinner, uh, had some sacks. And then she said that she went home in the morning to shower um, when she got home. She said she walked in, went right to the bathroom to shower. Well, no, she said that when she got there, the door was the, the door open. was open. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it was not closed Please. properly. Yeah. Was the term that she, I think she used. But but when she got into the house, she mm-hmm. just kind of walks in, goes to the shower, uh, takes a shower, and then when she's out, she kind of starts realizing something's wrong. She says that she felt like it was kind of a little too still. Um, like we said, there was uh, I don't know the best word to use uh, scientifically feces in the toilet. 
I, it sounds better than saying there was poop in the toilet, but there was somebody shit and didn't flush it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd say it. I call them duty traps. <laughs> because no, whenever you, don't. you walk in, stop talking. <laughs> don't you're not calling. Don't don't whenever even tell. Whenever you walk into a restaurant and somebody left it there without flushing, I'm like, ah, I got duty traps. No, you don't. No, you've <laughs> never said that. You've never said that. You've never called it a fucking duty trap in your life. Do you understand that? No one. No, you're just it's listen. Don't don't start. I'm talking about a woman's murder. Don't start fucking trying open mic material with your goddamn duty trap bit. You've never said that, you son of a bitch. How dare you? <laughs> Look at him over there. He knows it too. You know you've never said duty traps, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I think he has. I think he said it right after he said turn up the value. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so there's poop in the duty trap. <laughs> God yeah, that was worse. Yeah, I don't even understand. Oh, oh that's so bad. Anyway, let me tell it. Somebody didn't flush the toilet. <laughs> she goes to Meredith's room. The room, the door's locked. She knocks on the door, no response. So she gets weirded out, calls Raphael. Raphael comes over. They both kind of get weirded out because they can't get the door open, so they call the police. Now, simultaneously as this is happening, a woman not too far from this place is walking her in her garden and she finds two cell phones in her garden. I believe they were ringing, correct? Yeah, she, she heard, heard ring. one ringing. So she picks this up and in Italy, instead of just, I don't know, she called the, the, the police and in this case, it was the postal police. So I guess they have different police departments. I don't know exactly how it works over there, but she called the postal police. So the postal police came to find this, these phones and instead oh, of- Oh, because she thought that they were stolen, correct? Yes. So she then calls these postal police. The postal police say, well, instead of trying to go back and do all this, let's just find, figure out if we can find out who these are. So they tracked one of the phones to the Pergola number seven. And they got there right as, as Amanda and Raphael were waiting outside for the other cops because Raphael had called the police and said, look, we think something's wrong. Uh, one of the roommates won't answer the door. And the police kind of all arrived at once. Now, I've heard different stories um, we watched one video where they talked about the bathroom. Now, this was in contention. A lot of people say that if you Google pictures of the Amanda Knox crime scene and you see the bathroom, it says that it's been enhanced and that it looks like there's blood on the sink and there's blood on the toilet, but there's not. Like extremely gory. When yeah. not like oh, not even like real? no. Oh, those, those are the crime scene photos I saw, and I was like, how did no, she? No, 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 no. Well, let us explain. They are real, but let us explain. It's more like um, you know, when you like uh, they tell you to rinse your mouth uh, after you brush them at the dentist, yeah. and there's like whatever's left is where you missed. Mm -hmm. It's like that kind of thing where I don't know if they did it with luminol or what it is, but they they would spray the blood to. Um, Show any kind of proteins, so like you know, pr See, proteins that would luminal. be found in. So when they walked into the bathroom, so they actually had like sprayed all of that to in to show, and I don't know that any. I, I think I think the pink is the the reaction color oh. to any. So I don't know if that is insinuating that there was that much blood and it was cleaned up, like that's traces of what just, there was. Because in the documentary, she's like, there's a few drops. There on was the a sink. drop, and on I was the like, sink. I saw the video. That's more than a we, few drops. There's a video, and in fact, and, we have it. And the actual police, and that's what happened. A lot of people were like, how could Amanda shower take a shower in, in this in this bathroom that's clearly a murder scene and a brutal gruesome murder scene but the truth is is that when you go in there there's actually a crime scene video of the police going in and the way that amanda would have seen it and i mean honestly with the naked eye it's it's extremely hard to tell um and there's just it, a few on the the like a, almost like a little footprint kind of on the yeah the and i mean and mark you it. you made a point that i mean she could have maybe nicked herself shaving or something like that because it is meredith's blood that they find 
But it does look like something of she just nicked herself and she stepped out of the shower and there was two drops on the sink because she went to rinse her hand or she I was don't trying think to clean that up. The blood but in the bathroom. You never know. My personal take, and we'll get into this even more so when we talk about the murder itself, but I don't think that any of the blood in the bathroom had to do with the murder. I feel like it was something separate because to me there's there's no there's no attempt to clean up the crime scene. There's no attempt to even flush a toilet. So if there was enough blood on a footprint to get footprint on a bloody or to put leave a bloody footprint on a bath mat, there would have been footprints all the way up the hill. There would have been a blood trail all the way up the hall. I think it was unrelated. And when you see this video, and I'll show you this, we'll tweet it out, we'll we'll post it. It's two drops of blood on the thing where like you would reach the faucet for the, the faucet, faucet head. Wait, are the the bedroom pictures enhanced or the is that that's no, that's real. real. That's the bedroom real. pictures are real because the actual um, that's where it took place, right? The crime scene took place in there. Now okay. let's talk about the crime that Meredith had when the police got there. Now I've heard two different stories, and like I said in the one video that that talks about this, they said that there was so that, well, and Amanda tells the story that the police came and they kicked the door down and they found Meredith's body. That that's kind of what they said. They get there and they cut. You know, they just the door got kicked down. In this video, it said that when the police got there, there was so little sign of blood or a crime anywhere that the police didn't want to kick the door down because they were worried about getting in trouble with the landlord for damaging the property. So they had mm -hmm. one of the boys who lived there. Like they said, Meredith's boyfriend or somebody like that it, lived they there. They said it was one of the other roommate's other, boyfriends. And that's why well, I said I didn't right. know okay. if that boyfriend was the one that lived downstairs no, I, or not. But well, because of you know, eventually who they right. think. I didn't know if, if she really was involved because he claims that he, we have to get sure. there to explain. And we'll get there. Anyways. Um, but yeah, they, that's how Amanda says it. She said that the police got there and they said, there's so little evidence of anything happening here. We're not going to kick that door down because we don't want a lawsuit. Right. So with somebody your else kicks the door down. And when they get the door open, um, they find Meredith Kircher lying on the floor, kind of covered by a blanket that had been pulled over her body. Her duvet that was off of her bed, her big, Comforter. Comforter, right. Um, and she had been um, brutally attacked. Uh, the idea is that somebody had uh, tried to, from the bruising and the cuts, somebody had tried to choke her um, and had, had, it looked like she had nicks in her chin, like somebody had held a knife maybe under her chin. Uh, and then the main stab wound was into her neck. So it looked like she had been stabbed. And she'd kind of fought off and fallen, and then they'd gotten on top of her and put the knife into her neck and kind of slit her Ugh. throat. Um, and then she had died on the floor. And, and, and then it's very bloody. It's very gruesome. Um, but when you watch the footage back, you can see that, like, there were just people walking around in there. It wasn't really secure. Even the crime scene people that were, like, investigating the scene, like, they didn't have hair nets. Well, they didn't have like, face masks. It was only, like, two days bef between, oh, we found this body, and, oh, you can go back to your place now. Like, wasn't it? I thought it was only two days, and then Amanda was, like, allowed to go back and live mm. there. And I'm like, that's that can't be enough time to, like, mm, go through an know. entire apartment. No, it, like, but even in, like, the crime scene videos they showed, they would they would show um, key pieces of, of evidence that would come into play later had been, like, moved from their original positions, and then they were collected, so... I mean, it was there was a lot, there of, a lot of contamination. contamination. Yeah. Right, exactly. And just, and just poor um, uh, protocol of, right. of crime scene... Um, well, the, the lead detective reminded me of somebody like Sherlock Holmes, like from the 1800s, who like didn't know about forensic or like yeah. how yeah. to be a police officer. It was officer. all yeah. It was like, and, yeah. and then, so that's what they did. So the days kind of go by and the attention starts turning to Amanda and Raphael. Um, so 
this is the basic story. Amanda and Raphael go to the police station. Raphael's being interrogated, kind of interviewed or whatever, and they start, you know, saying, well, you know, we know it was you. We know. We know what you did. We know. So after being interrogated for what was it hours i mean it was i like, think they said amanda was there for 52 hours at yeah, the police station. Like, they would hit her and stuff yeah they said that they had like she said she'd been hit that they had like just kind of you know it's like it's kind of what happened if you watch making a murder with mm-hmm. Stephen avery and brendan uh dassey when you see these people and they're like after eight hours of somebody going you killed her we know you did tell us how you did it do it imagine how you if it, if it was if, if if a murder happened how might it have happened and then all of yeah, a sudden you're that's like what well she said that they were asking her to imagine scenarios so right. i think she that's kind of what she said she just started kind of imagining things. exactly and, and then they, that's kind of what they would hold against her and so then they would kind of develop this narrative so after after rafael had been uh interrogated for a long time he ended up uh saying that amanda wasn't at his house the whole night that she had actually left and come back around 1 a.m. So they pull Amanda in and now they start going and saying to her, you know, what did you do after whatever it was, 40 hours of this, Amanda finally broke and said that she did go back and that she was there and that she saw her boss, Patrick Lumumba kill Meredith. Now, the reason why this was into play is because of the text message that she had received. She claims that in Italian, it says that it, it like, you know, translates to, okay, no problem. I will see you later or something like this. The police took it to mean, I will meet you later. Yeah. Like, like she's going soon. to see him. Yes. Yeah. I will see like you soon. Like set up an appointment. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like she had said it. So they kept dr- t- telling this and telling this. So she says, yeah, I went, say, I saw my boss, Patrick Lumumba, he killed Meredith. All right. Um, Later, she changed that story, but at that point, she was already locked up. Her, Raphael, and this Patrick Lumumba were all locked up. Patrick Lumumba, however, had an alibi and witnesses that put him in the bar all night. So after being in jail for a few days and being accused of this, they were like, oh, well, never mind. He's out. So he had nothing to do with it. So now we're talking about Amanda and Raphael are still in prison. And and now this story that she made up under duress doesn't hold any water because it none of it's true. So now they're like, okay, well, what did you do? So while all this is happening, a new character into the story shows up, a guy named uh, Rudy Gaudet. Mm-hmm. Now, Rudy Gaudet um, had kind of, he was a, he, he was a, friends with friends. He had been around the house a couple times. He'd never met Raphael. He'd met Amanda once or twice. She knew him, but not his name, just kind of had seen him around. He had fled the country shortly after the murder, had ended up in Germany. Um, and so because of that, uh, because of being kind of a person of interest, uh, his conversations were being monitored and the police intercepted an internet call, which in the internet call, he's talking to a friend of his. And I guess the police found him because they went through his like Facebook mm-hmm. friends and told, Hey, if he contacts you, let us know. So he, there's a, there's, there's a phone call of him saying, yeah, I was there. His story was that I was there. We were getting it on. Neither one of us had protection. So I went to the bathroom, I had my headphones on, and while I was in there, I heard Meredith screaming, I came out, I saw a person there, they ran past me and out of the house. I went over to Meredith, she was already dying, so I panicked and left. And he said after that he went to what a, a disco. G- what a gentleman. Yeah, that I, that gentleman. was the biggest thing, is that, that he went to a disco with his friends that night. I mean, right. I, I understand getting your mind off of things, but... I, <laughs> 
it seems like I a weird like that's place a pretty to go heavy after. thing you just saw. Yeah, like, right. you sure just if saw... I saw somebody get stabbed And in you the probably neck. would have called the police or done something. Yeah. I mean, if you knew you were innocent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not just leave. Uh, at least 911 to say, can you save her? Yeah. Do anything, right? Now, police did say that after the investigation, after the autopsy and everything, that Rudy's DNA was found inside Meredith's uh, private area. Uh, but that it was more trace DNA from like a finger or saliva. Now, the funny thing is, is that like that does coincide with what he completely was saying. Then. Backs up his story that he may have got, gotten to, you know, first base, second base, stopped the business and went into the bathroom. That's like third base, yo. I don't know what baseball you play. <laughs> Uh, first base for me, Danny. Okay. Third, Eric, you've never even base. picked up a bat. I'm not even out of the dugout at that point, Danny. <laughs> yeah, you've never been in the hole. <laughs> oh, I just licked my microphone. Sick. Okay. okay. Well. I deserved it. Uh, but now the thing is, is, yeah, when you really listen to his story, all of the evidence, and that's the thing about Rudy Gaudet, is when you look at all of the evidence, and, and he didn't know his original story was being recorded when right. he made that phone right. call. But yet everything he says about going there and getting on with her a little bit and then going to the bathroom and then hearing, up till that point, you go, look, that that's true. You're sitting there and you got your headphones on and you're like, wait, what's that? Oh, she's screaming, hold on, let me finish up real quick. And then you just walk out of the bathroom and you go down there and you see this and then you go, okay, yeah, I probably won't go back and flush the toilet. I can't imagine any scenario where you would like shit and then murder her and then leave or then like... Murder her and then shit and leave? Like, I don't... The, all of it seems like his story made sense. Now, over time, he changed his story to say that it was actually Raphael that went past him and that Amanda was there too. But even that was changed over time because he... None of them, none of them ever met each other. Like, it just kind of seemed like the police went, okay, we have people. We need to make sure that... You tell us that these people fit the story we're trying to make. Yeah. So over time, um, with all of the evidence that came out, Rudy Gaudet was uh, sentenced to, I believe, 30 years. Uh, and he's doing time. And there was never any question about it. That's what the funny thing about it. Nobody questioned the fact that Rudy Gaudet was there. Rudy Gaudet was part of it. Rudy Gaudet was this. His Nobody even really talked about it. Like no. He wasn't even a, a media sensation that... I didn't, it was all, she became. I didn't even really know about it until I watched a documentary. It was all about Amanda Knox, this 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 pretty American, blah, blah, blah. That's what they made it about. So while all of this is going on, right, while all of these, uh, you, you know, inconsistencies in the case, all of the things that, that just couldn't have possibly added up uh, to make it be Amanda and Raphael, eventually they were both, they, well, at first they were accused, charged, um, and actually, uh, com, um, not committed, uh, uh, detained, charged, what's the, not just charged, uh, uh prosecute, not prosecute, what is my, my thing, when they read uh, the found things, found guilty, found I don't guilty, know. they were found guilty, uh, yeah. whatever the term is I'm trying to say, they were found guilty of murder, the verdict, and yeah, I mean, at that, that the point they'd already been in jail for about a year, right, individually, couple years or something, yeah, a year or two or something, at that point, maybe it was the year when they first yeah, got it, yeah, that's I'm saying, they were found guilty, and I think two uh, years later, yeah, they well, were, I think the crazy part too is like, 
some of the things that they did while, like, they told her that she had HIV while she oh, was in yes, prison. Yes, that's like, true. That to was try the, to, like, the prison journals. Yeah, yeah. So they did all sorts of not stuff. Not to mention they violated her privacy by stealing her journal for the media. Right. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, so they, they messed with her head, the, told her she had HIV, and then the she... The whole narrative was that they were trying to paint this girl as this big sex predator who, you know, she had this nickname that her friends had given her as a kid, Foxy Noxy. That was her name on MySpace. And then they painted her as this this femme fatale that was using sex games and that the, uh, the, the story that they pl- played out was that Raphael, Amanda and Rudy had gone to the house to, because they were I- in search of an orgy. They get to the house and they're trying to get Meredith to get in on the orgy and she won't. So they all decide to attack her. And then the, they said that Raphael and Rudy held her down while Amanda stabbed her. And now, none of this is backed up by the evidence. None of this is backed up by the by the crime scene. None of this is backed up by anything. There's no, I mean, aside from the DNA evidence that was found, there was, they said that they found trace DNA evidence of Raphael's DNA on Meredith's bra strap clasp, like the metal clasp. But, I mean. Again, it, that was, and that was. There, he can just be like, it, you know, it could have been like. Girls like leave that stuff to dry all over the house. I don't know if you do, but mo- they're like hanging on things. He could have just tossed but it he, out of the way one day and sat he, down I, in the chair. I, like I said, that, and that was what I was talking about. I just didn't want to like you know blow it, but that was one of the key pieces of evidence was the bra clasp, and they have it in the police videos and things like that. Um, and they they show it being kind of moved from spot to spot, whether it's been kicked around or whether it's been stepped on. So you have these people who have walked around a house that. Raffaele and Amanda have both been in. That's her boyfriend. That's where she goes. She's been to his house. Um, it, it could have been on the shoes of anyone walking around. The bra clasp was on the ground. It could have been on the floor and picked up any kind of, you know, anything. I don't know what, but they said it was such a small amount that they couldn't even retest it if they wanted to because there's nothing left to retest. I right. mean, it's so small. Um, and, and you got to assume that if you're, if you're, Part of a murder where a girl has, and this isn't, look, this isn't a thing where she was stabbed and she fell. You look at this crime scene, in fact, we have some pictures and stuff that we'll tweet out where somebody's broken it down. So here's the first, you know, they, they like you said, they dextered it, yep. you know, where she started here and then she moved and you can see where she fought and then her foot gave out over here and she fell. You can see like fingerprints on the wall. Right. Too, like look, this down. isn't something that just happened and she, she was dead instantly. This was a struggle. So you would have to assume that if, if there was other people there, especially three other people, you would have seen footprints, you would have seen fingerprints, you would have had d- uh, DNA everywhere from yeah, holding I mean, her there was down. blood on the floor where the, you, there, would, there would have been, been a lot of people. Them. There would have been, Amanda would have been covered in blood. There would have been trace evidences in that shower of her rinsing off blood left and right. I mean, Meredith's throat was gashed open. It was mm-hmm. a horrible wound. It, I mean... And that's what the police said that they noted was how deep the, the neck wound was. It was very deep, but... They kind of explained that it would have been uh, like someone standing behind her, like maybe she was uh, on the ground and it kind of held her head back and then stuck the knife in from the right side and then pulled uh, up like, into the right, yeah. I believe. So like kind of up and out. So it kind of gave it that huge Ugh. gash. Like it was. Yeah. But then, I mean, you can kind of follow the evidence around the room if you believe that it was done by a single person, possibly um, an intruder. I, it is weird because there was they said that there was nothing stolen. But, I mean, well, we also don't know all of Meredith's belongings. She could have said, oh, you might not know that my cat figurine was right there. And right. they took, well, that's probably the last thing like, they would take. But you know what I mean? Like, I, they didn't see any valuables to have been taken, but... Um, well, I always watch like those real life crime shows on like True TV and or uh, ID Discovery, 
and what I don't get is like there whenever somebody's being accused of something there there's always like certain things that they do like they always look at their hands to see if there's like mm-hmm. scrapes or cuts yeah. or anything yeah and like do they not have the technology in Italy, Italy to be able to determine like her time of death and then put a timeline together and be like, there's no way that these two could have cleaned themselves up, called the cops and we get here and it, like, it, like, did, do they do uh, any of that? I look for a lot of that forensic evidence because that's kind of one of those things that I really like. I want to know, yeah, what was the timeline? How many hours were there? Yeah. Why Was their blood cleaned up? Was their blood anywhere else? So you're saying, okay, the whole crime was here. Well, if these people lived here and they committed this crime, why wasn't their blood everywhere? Everywhere else, like yeah. there was a lot of questions I wanted to ask the actual investigative team myself. It's it was almost like that detective was like living back in the day before the hand forensics, and you literally just went off hunches. You yeah. know, like back when they couldn't catch Jack the Ripper, yeah, because that's all they did was just like, well, maybe it's this guy. Yeah, I I don't know. It's but because they never explained anything about well, how would um. Why did the phones get there? I that's really interesting to me. Is like I don't know who decided to take her phone. Like what that really. What difference it made to throw them in a field? Well, I'm not really sure wait, what that. Who was the other phone? But who did that belong to? Because there's two, uh, right? Yeah, I don't I know. Was it supposed m- to be like the, maybe, the house phone, but maybe like a mobile house phone? If you're the okay, so now let's assume Rudy Gaudet killed her, right? Let's assume that's how it worked. Maybe he like wanted to do more, and she was like, no, and he like snapped. It's possible. I mean, I don't understand how the... But then, yeah, I mean, that's possible. That would explain Uh, why. The other thing that we didn't include was that on the far... Okay, so uh, Meredith's bedroom was... I don't know if it's the north or the south, but it's just the bedroom at the end of the hall, and the bedroom at the other end of the hall from her had a broken window in it with a rock on the floor. So, uh, like, someone could have come in. um, And also... But that was also down at the same area where they found... It was a bathroom that had the unflushed toilet, correct? Yeah. Down yeah. in that same area by the broken window um, bed- bedroom. So it, it's it's really weird. I don't know. So they know that there was evidence so of a break-in, but... To use the toilet, Meredith finds him, runs down the hall to the room, they go in there. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is I go... I go no. a, and just based on the evidence, they said most likely she was sitting upright on her bed when she was attacked. So like she was caught off guard. And so that she was sitting, that she was sitting on her bed upright. So, and again, that, that could have been that she, because she was comfortable with the person. They do kind of think that too, that she would have almost had to be comfortable with the person. Um, so she could have been sitting there with, with Rudy, um, or that's the thing though. It it doesn't, I, okay. So if we're assuming, if we're assuming that Rudy killed her, then maybe you would say, okay, well, if Rudy killed her and her cell phones are right there. He doesn't want to take him and keep him because then it's evidence. But if he leaves him in the house and they're just sitting there ringing in the in the room that he's locked from the inside, mm-hmm. then you hear phones ringing and yeah. you're going, okay, well, I just want to get rid of this so her so people don't just hear a phone ringing from in here and don't suspect things instantly. So I mean, I guess that's why you do it. You just take it and then ditch it as soon as you could. You know, um, that's just more hopefully by time before they find the body. I don't know. To me, like, there is that possibility, I guess, in the back of your head where you go, okay, what if everybody's telling the truth? What if Rudy's story was true? He came home, he was with this Meredith girl, things weren't going, or things were going there, but they weren't going to go any further. He goes, excuse me, I'm going to go use the restroom. He goes down to use the restroom, and 
at that point, somebody who had followed them or somebody who had seen them. I mean, this house is kind of isolated in a yeah, small in a town. Location. It's not like this is, you know, in a busy building in the, in the middle of this. It's kind of off by itself. And if you're living there, I mean, for months, it's not hard. It's not like these girls were inconspicuous about the house where all the pretty young girls from other countries lived. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's very Yeah, except that, I mean, there is no... Uh, well, and maybe it's because you could say the crime just kind of went went really, uh, really sour at the end, and he didn't intend to stab her. But, I mean, she wasn't necessarily sexually assaulted. They... Right. What if? So I mean, I guess maybe someone could have tried to come in and, and tried to sexually there. assault her. No, or... because what she, she had already just had. She was already doing what she was doing with Rudy. So well, what? If, what if somebody I, just I came agree, in? I agree, but I'm saying shitting? I'm. I agree, but I'm because of the way that her uh, bra clasp. They said that it was cut off by a knife. So I mean, I don't really understand why an intruder would have the need to cut off a girl's bra unless. I mean, to me, that seems like that was an attempted sexual assault. Yeah. And I don't know if... Yeah, those then, are, Okay, yeah, I but, see what you're but saying. But also, her... Blo- and this is what's interesting. The, the bra is found on the ground, okay? Mm-hmm. The bra clasp, which was what had Rafaela Selechito's DNA on it, that was kind of like what they were all... Oh, that was separate. They're saying that part was removed violently with a knife, but her bra was also blood-soaked. It also had... Um, blood uh, spray on the front of it like she had aspirated blood meaning she had worn it and she was wounded and took a breath and and kind of aspirated blood onto the front of it so it was she was wounded when it was on her so that's interesting. that's that's kind of the part that's interesting for me is when I think about those things why it would be violently ripped off of her unless it was not some form of a a, a sexual assault attempt and I don't know if at that point she was so wounded that um, this person, the burglar, the killer, whatever it was, made the decision that he had to just end her life and go. Right, and, and you made a comment and couldn't act that out. But I don't know. You made a comment about about the the body being covered by a blanket. Um, you know the the the, uh, the prosecutor had said that that was a that was a, a very feminine, feminine thing, thing to, to do. do. Yeah. Um, but to me, that seems more like. And and they were like, it's a woman's thing, and because Amanda's a psycho and she's crazy, they were really labeling her as this this psychopath. But to me, if you're a psychopath, you don't have empathy. You're not going to feel bad about stabbing someone, especially if you are a true sociopath. So I don't yeah. know that you would Ted would Bundy. cover the body. Ted Bunny never covered bodies. He put them out in the forest, then he'd go make love to them. Yeah, that's he not respect. That's not respect. Yeah. And to me, yeah. if you cover the body, that's almost a sense of feeling bad or. Um, you don't want to see what's under there because right. either you knew her and you don't want to see her in that state. So to me, it's it's more a sign of... Um, uh, like it was an accident? Yes, almost. exactly. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say an accident and a reaction that I want to cover her up. But um, I, You know, I, I had thought because when they said that, that she had actually drowned, like mm-hmm. she had... She, the, the like stab, in her own blood? Yeah, like uh, the stab okay. wound, she was still breathing afterwards because so, there was blood in her lungs that she had breathed in and blood that had been, <sighs> yeah. you know, this blood that would co- have come out of the wound. Onto the dresser and onto her, the front of her bra. Right, so, so when you're taking a breath, it would have, blo- it would have come geez. out of the Yeah, she the was spraying wound. blood. So Ugh. I wondered if maybe, like, they had stabbed her and she's down there going, <laughs> drying, and they pull that over because they're like, because it's not like they were like, well, I got to finish her off. That maybe she was dying and they, like you said, they didn't really realize. Well, Rudy said he ran to her and, and that he, 
he was yeah, watching so, her die. So, I mean, maybe Rudy pulled it over her and it wasn't the killer. Maybe he found her uncovered, but I don't know. He's never said. I, that's the thing. That's is an like, interesting point. That is true. So he would have mm-hmm. had to cover the body either way, whether he did it or not. Uh, he yeah, would have covered the body so, because, because she was found covered unless the killer came yes. back in and covered it after he left. Yes. So, he so Rudy would have covered the body. That's that. No but matter we've what. Never had, but we've never had. I've never heard anything about no. Rudy. And, and he's never said like his official... Well, that's, I've I, never heard that's his That's never been covered testimony. in anything that I've talked about, but if that was Rudy's official story, then Rudy would have had to cover the body. Yes. So we'll, uh, I mean, that's, because that's an interesting Because he did say point. he went back and he, and he attended to her, but right. she was already dying. That was his, so, that was his reason yeah, so for he would have, So he would have covered the body. So I wonder if he's ever said that he did that. I don't I wonder know. if there's a, huh, I don't know that either. I'd like to find that out. Um, I don't know. It, eventually, Amanda um, and Raphael... To this day, they were both acquitted, uh, expunged completely of it. They were, but first they were they, they were acquitted, they were, and then they were, they were refound guilty. Yeah, and then they refound guilty, and then they were acquitted again, um, based on the fact that there just wasn't any evidence. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it had to do with the knife. They actually said that they found the murder weapon in Raphael's apartment, but their their whole um, argument was that Amanda's DNA was on the handle and that Meredith's, Meredith's DNA was on the blade, but it was not blood DNA. They could not find any traces of blood on the knife. And so they kind of asked the lab, did you test all of the, the evidence independently? And they said, well, of course not, you know, because their whole justification was the whole lab can't shut down for one person. So, of course, all this evidence is being moved around together. So they're saying that the knife was due to contamination, that that's how Meredith's DNA wound up on there, probably from other DNA samples Jeez. that they were testing. So how um, that was how that? they were, that's how they were freed was um, they were exonerated kind of by the knife. I think it's so, funny that I thought it, the, they made that statement that, you know, they felt like uh, under a lot of pressure to like solve this because the whole world was like watching and they wanted to like show that they could do this mm-hmm. and that they could handle it, and then and, it ended yeah. up backfiring. That they weren't because small town, right? Yeah, now they look like the exact opposite. Like yeah. these people have no idea what they're doing. Well, and Minini himself was like, I, I really think trying to rebuild his reputation. He was going through something just right before that corruption was, scandal. Yeah, like he was. He said he was charged with abuse of his office. Uh, office, yeah, and mm-hmm. but he was like, it's no big deal, you know, and. So he was actually trying to, I think, come back from kind of a reputation hit. And I think for him to turn around and say, this case has been solved in a week. I look superior. I look awesome. Where's my gold star? Yeah. And I think that that was kind of his motivation, too, for just slapping a, a uh, is it indictment on these people? Yeah. What is the word? A slapping a, a verdict on these people as, as quickly as they could because of how well it looked for them. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, look, it's sensationalism sells mm-hmm. right i mean it, that's that's the thing is that it, it's proven that that's what this is an example of because the real person who admits that he was there whose dna was found inside her whose poop was found in the goddamn toilet uh that rudy duty trap is well and that's what i was he, gonna say before was so if she's involved with this rudy guy what was she or was she not dating someone downstairs? Then she might have just been, you know, like a young girl. I don't, I don't yes, know. Yes, but I'm we you. also know that she, she, the reason that she kind of had problems with Amanda was because she chastised her for kind of man. being promiscuous and bringing home random dudes. I mean, she called her dad. Meredith called her dad on the phone to kind of talk to um, him about Amanda's characteristics and say she kind of brings these guys well, home. And okay, she's... look. So it seems very out of character for Meredith to have almost just been randomly hooking up with this dude. 
Um, so that's kind of something about Rudy's story that bothers me is that she didn't really seem like just a chick who was hooking up with a dude on an afternoon or a. Then maybe she, maybe maybe. I don't know. It was maybe I don't Rudy know. broke in. Maybe Rudy breaks in and finds her in an already state of undress. Maybe she's getting ready to get in the shower. Maybe she did get out of the shower and she had cut herself, like you said, right. shaving. And then now so she she's... comes down. She's maybe just got a bra and panties on. If he did, if if he was behind her, okay, I'm just I'm just imagining the scenario from from the layout of of the crime scene. Well, because the bathroom's right next to Meredith's right. so uh, bedroom behind where her, the blood was found. If he has one hand holding a knife, it's very possible that he from behind could have touched her with his other hand, leaving trace evidence inside her. If that's the case, maybe once he did, she panicked, like, get off and thought, I can fight this guy. The struggle ensues. They fight to the bed, and then the, and then he doesn't intend to stab her. He does, and he goes, fuck, what did I do? I feel like th- that <sighs> one, the, the end stabbing is extremely intentional. I, what it sounds like to me is that they're screaming, there's fighting, I want this to be over... Well, you and know, then they're and so she's wounded. They can prove that she's got she's got cuts on her, and they think that <clears throat> some of the handprints that are blood around the apartment. If you kind of follow how it is, is that she's hurt. She grabs her throat to kind of hold the wound, and as she's kind of unstable and and losing blood, she touches the wall with her hand, and then that she kind of moves over towards her desk. Something ensues there, and she falls to the ground. And again, she's spraying blood onto the dresser. Again, you can kind of find this and follow like the points of. Hey, we have uh, that, there's a picture that kind of breaks down, uh, mm-hmm. the, but it the actually does make a it. lot of sense. And then you know, showing where she's the blood and how she was kind of slide slid across the floor, and just it it does make sense if you really look at it that it doesn't have to be three people in the room. Doing what this. If, what if the reason why there was just like a little bit of blood in the bathroom and like the thing on the footprint is like so, Rudy kills her, and he's like, oh freak, like what did I do? And so he goes in the bathroom and he's like. You know, goes to wash his hands, drops some blood there, walks over towards it, steps on the thing, go into the bathroom, and then he hears Amanda come in. Well, she didn't come in until the next morning. Yeah. So this actually happened that night, and then man didn't return until the next day. Yeah, but he could have... Well, we don't know what time she died, though, right? Well, I... No, I guess we don't actually. So it's, I'm it's saying, true. It's like, what if that's why? You well, know, the because he would, like the, he would, like, oh, crap! I got to get out of here. He well, would have had to see her. Rudy did actually in one of his testimonies say that the man that he saw break in because yeah, he claimed that was, he said he saw a man. He said it was right. an Italian man, and then he went back and he said it was Raffaele, and then right. he said that Amanda was there. So he goes back to change his story. I don't know why he goes back to include these people. I'm guessing um, because the police probably yeah. said we want to make these yeah. guys part of the narrative Com- because yeah, if we not, then we, we lose we lose our sensational story. Because they were selling that big the big sex game right. uh, as and being I mean, the crime. That think was about there. that. That's a very interesting thing, and I think you know it's it's funny. You go back and you watch like all of those old movies, right, or TV shows, and they go, "Hey, we got you in the police station." And what do the people say? I I'm not saying another word till I I'd like to speak to my lawyer, yeah. right? And you go, "Oh, that's the old that's the old guilty thing." And then you see situations like this, where you get somebody who you don't ask for a lawyer, you're out of your depth, you're somewhere where you don't belong necessarily, you don't even, you know, it's not your first language, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, 
after 12 fucking hours of being hammered by people, you know, they haven't fed you. They won't let you 52 sleep. 52 hours. Not even 12. But I'm I mean, saying, okay, 52 is excessive. I'm saying even 12. Sure. After 12 hours of somebody not letting me sleep, not feeding me, not giving me water, and telling me over and over again, tell us why you were there. Tell us why you were there. You were there. Tell us why you were there. And you just keep going, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Tell us why you were there. Hit you. Whatever. At some point, yeah. I mean, you can see how these people can be, can, can, and then they go, yes, fine, I was there. Oh, well, now, no matter what happens, no matter what the evidence proves, no matter the DNA or anything or video or all this, you've said you were there. So we have on record, the police said you, you said you were there. Yeah. yeah, well, after 12 hours of getting beat up, I said I was there. Well, but you said you were there. Yeah. So this is one of those things that really shows that, like, it is, in, it is very important as a citizen that even if you're not guilty of a crime... You have to make sure you watch your ass because it's very easy for you to say something that fits into somebody's narrative that they're trying to create for a, for a crime. And all of a sudden, fuck, you're Amanda Knox, who no matter what, even though you're and that documentary, let's talk about that. Seeing her now, years after she's been out of prison, she looks like she's fucking 45. Yeah, she does. She doesn't look like that young girl. Her eyes are different. Her face is different. She's had a lot. And she's not that old. She's what, 30? Uh, Yeah, probably Maybe? pretty close to my age, yeah. And yet she she's already had all that happen to her. Your, your life's, yeah. Great, you didn't kill, but guess what? There's probably a good half of the people out there who still think you did it. Yeah. Even though you get a paper that says you didn't. It's, it's, yeah. it's a sad thing. I feel really I mean, it I don't believe Amanda had anything to do with this. I don't believe Raphael had anything to do with this. I just don't think that the evidence or anything proves that. I I, I don't think their behavior proves that. I, I just don't I just don't think they were there. What do you guys think? Uh I don't think I think the same thing. I don't think that she had anything to do with it or he did. I think it was just police who felt pressure to solve it and they were just like, Well, this is you know, this is the easiest thing, so let's just pin it on these guys. Yeah. Um, I just think that watching Again, I like I watch for body body language and things like that, and just watching a lot of the interviews with Amanda's. She's her own person. I mean, you can take her for what she is, but Raffaele, he was very meek. He was very um, was not a tough guy. Very or a submissive. Yeah. He was very almost very soft spoken. He's he almost seems very sweet. And to be honest, imagining him acting out this kind of a scenario does not. None, none of his uh, his demeanor speaks to that being yeah. the case. But um, I I don't I don't know why he would go back and change his story. I think that's unless he was being pressured. But I I don't know. It, uh, yeah, again, young scared it, again, kids. it's the evidence. You just have to follow it. They found uh, Rudy Gadea's fingerprints all over that apartment. Mm -hmm. um, he says he was there. Um, I don't know if he's the killer, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think Amanda and had anything to do with it. It just didn't seem like there was any reason. Again, this is another thing where you kind of look for reasoning, for logic, and there doesn't really seem to be any reason right. that she would want to get wrapped up in an international murder. I mean, it, there was just really no reason. It didn't seem like there was. It fit with any kind of um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Motive? Itinerary or motive? Oh. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't seem to fit into any kind of plan that was going on yeah i don't to be honest i don't uh i don't see any reason why it's kind of like what you we were talking about with john Bonet. it seems so so pointless yeah. like there would be there was no reason for amanda and Raffaella to do this there doesn't seem to be any 
evidence that showed that they would have been covered in blood from a gaping neck wound that was spraying blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. There doesn't seem to be any reason that those two kids were were out looking for like some sort of aggressive can't be satisfied sex orgy that ends in murder. Yeah. No, I mean he was just like super happy to be with a real a girl. girl. Like yeah. I mean in those interviews like he was just so honest. Like He's, I just I just feel like he was being genuine about um what he was saying and and to be real it's like I don't understand why you have this crime where something happens and uh Hold on, I lost my train of thought. Just one sec, Sasha. I just lost my entire train of thought. Okay, hold on. We'll just come back to the the, the to the thought. We'll edit out this. Do you want to take a second? You want to reset? Yeah, you guys can say. I just forgot what I was going to say about well, about Rudy about I, why. I was just going to throw out there. I think it's strange that, like, I don't know anything about the victim. Like, I don't know what, like, classes she did. Like, I don't know, like, like the focus all was on Amanda, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's it's hard for me to be like, fine, like Danny was talking about, find the motive when it's like, well, I don't know. Like, did she, did she go to this club a lot? Did she, you know, yeah. have a run in yeah, with somebody? Did point. she like reject, like, did she date a guy and she broke up with him and he was really upset? Like, I don't know anything. Yeah, there, there, it, it, it's, it, that's exactly, that's one of the most frustrating things about this. When you Google Meredith Kircher death, it's all the Amanda Knox story and it's not about Meredith yeah. and it's, and that, it's right. I would, I would love to know those things. I would love to know a lot more, but to be honest, there's not, there's, that's not there. There's that fucking footage. It's in multiple documentaries about Amanda Knox of that, like beefy older policewoman kicking a glass door in with her fucking big oh, yeah. policewoman boot. And you're like, well, what the fuck were you doing? Kicking fucking doors in why weren't you guys like opening doors carefully and checking fingerprint like it it just doesn't seem like any of those answers are there it's kind of frustrating it's like it's like anything hinter kaifek or anything when you go back and you go fuck all all i wanted to do was see the crime scene before 22 people fucking stomped in there yeah what did it look like when you kicked that door open and there was a girl laying there you should have cleared that house and let one fucking person in the first detective and a camera and that's it that's how police detectives the crime scene should work you don't and everybody should have booties on everybody everyone. should have gloves on nobody Cover should touch face. anything it, it, none of that was being done and it and so none of these answers are going to be there because they they just aren't. And until Rudy Gaudet either tells his story or somebody else comes out and says something else, then we're just going to assume that's... Because the, the, everybody who, who was charged with it said they didn't do it. Yeah. So somebody did it. Rudy seems like the best case scenario, but at the same time, his story that he told sounds like the, the, also what happened what could have happened based on the way that the scene was. I don't know. I guess we'll never know because I, like I said, unless Rudy comes out and says, you're right, I, I did it. Here's how it went down and tells the story. Then we won't know. So now uh, Amanda is living back with her family in Washington state. Uh, Rudy is still in Italy. They're both living their lives. and He's, um, in, he's in prison, right, Rudy? No, I'm sorry. Raphael. Raphael is still in prison or is still in Italy living his life. He works, uh, you know, has a great job and he's still there. And Rudy, you're right, is still in prison. So that's that's where we're at with those people. Um, I don't know that we'll ever get 100% of an answer for Meredith. And I think that's what is so sad about this is that you're right. It all became about Amanda when 
Meredith was the one that lost her life. And it's really sad. I mean, if I could, I would love to have gone back and been able to walk the steps. And it's rare. There's not a lot of, of times that you can actually do that because a lot of this stuff that we watch is, it takes place in Italy. It takes place over there. I mean, if we were there in Perugia, I bet we could walk to uh, the house and go look mm-hmm. at it and go, oh, well, there's the window and there's yeah. this. And, and you can't always do that. But we were actually lucky enough to um, be able to do that with uh, another interesting crime that involved um, a young lady. Um, this was kind of a different uh, scenario. Whereas Amanda might have been charged with murder, uh, might have been accused of being uh, involved in devious sex orgies and all this. Um, sometimes it's not multiple people. It's not a victim and a murderer and an accomplice. It's just one person and a very interesting set of circumstances. Um, so in before we finish today, we kind of want to talk about this case that happened here in Utah. Um, it was the mysterious disappearance of a young lady named Kaylin Louder. Now, if you've watched any uh, of the lists online where they talk about myster- 10 mis- mysterious disappearances with CC footage or 10 mysterious disappearances caught on tape, Kaylin's usually always on there. The basic story of Kaylin Louder, she was a 30-year-old uh, gal who lived here in Salt Lake City, uh, a city called Murray, um, which is a, a subdivision of, of Salt Lake. And... Towards the end of September of 2014, she started exhibiting strange behaviors um, that culminated in a couple days where she called 911. Um, she made a couple of weird 911 calls uh, saying that she had there had been a fight um, at a party uh, in near at her, her clubhouse, at her clubhouse mm-hmm. there in the, um, uh, the apartment complex where she lived. The police came. She, I mean, she had said that there was a weapon. Yeah, I mean, there were guns. Given, they, yeah, she said that they had guns. She'd, she'd given this really dramatic uh, account of this of this fight, and the police showed up, and they found this gathering. It was a wedding reception, but there nobody said that there had ever been a fight or there had been anything or that there had been any complaints. So there wasn't any kind of, uh, yeah, there wasn't anything that really that she was reporting. It seemed like she was reporting false information. Um, later on that night, 911 received a second call from her, but she just hung up. And when they called back, they uh, she said uh, they said that she sounded groggy and incoherent, and she couldn't really, you know, remember. Do de- they have that 911 call? I I've never heard that one where they heard, said that they call her back and I don't, that she's groggy. I, heard I would love either. to have heard that. Yeah, I haven't heard that one either. I, I don't know if it's out there. The next day, so she wakes she wakes up the next day and she calls 911 again to say that there's an intruder in her house. Which is weird because her roommate's home and her roommate keeps telling her, like, nobody's here. Yeah, you can hear it. It's yeah. like an eight-minute call. Yeah. And she stays on the line with them. Yeah, and you're right. The, you can hear the roommate going, Kaylin, the door's locked. Yeah. And you can hear her going, yeah, but then I heard people talking. There was two people talking. That's what she said, that she could hear mm-hmm. people talking. And that, that she could hear them taking stuff. Like, sh- that was what yeah. she yeah. called the police because she could hear them taking stuff. Like you said, despite the fact that her roommate was there and yeah. uh, n- nothing yeah. seemed to be going on. So... Later that day, she talked to her mom. She talked to some people, and there was a record of them saying they talked to her, and she sounded normal. She even said that she was embarrassed by the calls, and and that you know. So she said, "I mean, but she's, that's so interesting to me." Like, so then she's aware that they're weird. Like, how come she didn't have an explanation of like, "Oh, I was just yeah, I don't know." Oh, I you know, I I don't know. I I took an Ambien. I don't know. Like, what? Why didn't she say like? I don't know. 
And that's the thing is that, that there's not, it's again, it's, there's, there's a lot of questions that should have been asked when they weren't no, asked because you go, so many minor details you go, that I, I, or major ones. I mean, I guess, as, as Kaylin's mom who talked to her, she wouldn't think to herself, okay, well, this is the last time I'm going to talk to my daughter ever. I should probably get all the information I can. You just go, okay, honey, listen, I just need you to get some sleep. Okay. And just feel better and just, you know, whatever. So you're not really going to be like, but why did you call 911, Kaylin? Why did you know? So, well, I mean, I would wonder why you were thinking that there was someone in your house when no, there was no sign of a break in and your roommate was home and the door was locked. I mean, your mom would go, well, are you feeling OK? Like, yeah, are you, I agree. I, I think there should lately? and maybe there like, is more you... details out there. There wasn't in the reports that we read and the, the news reports and the, the basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, there might have been. I mean, more... I guess I'm looking to see, like, if if she claims that she was embarrassed by them, if that's the same thing as regretting them. Does yeah. that make sense? No, like, I, I don't yeah. I don't know if like. She was like, oh, I don't know why I did that. I'm so embarrassed. Or if it was like, I'm embarrassed, but I believe it. I believe right. there was still a dude in my house. I don't know. Yeah, Two dudes, I, 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 would guess. Like, I would like to know. And to be honest, without talking to Kaylin's mom herself, mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll ever know that. Hmm. Um, so the interesting part about this is that there is then CCTV footage of Kaylin. There's two different videos um, that people have used uh to discuss this disappearance. One shows her kind of walking up a path. You kind of see from the CC uh, camera pointed at her, walks up a path with her dog. And some people, I don't know who these people are, say that she looks like she's talking to herself, AKA uh, like the Elisa. The police said that. The police, the police said, said that, that. that their official statement that was she was acting weird and that she was caught on camera having conversations with herself. But I mean, any... Her normal person who looks at this can say she is clearly talking to her dog. Yeah. She's I would, waving I would her get locked up in a psych ward if people saw how I talked to Lola. I mean, that's yeah. not at all shocking to me she's, that that's that she's being adam having an animated conversation yeah. with her dog. She's that's walking totally and she's normal. going, I can I mean it looks to me like she's going, Come on, you wanna go pee? Yeah. Or you wanna do you wanna go over there? Come on, you wanna come over here? here? And okay, she's moving her arms and that's what she's doing. Yeah. I mean it's totally it looks totally normal. It's kind of she 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 walks the dog and then she walks back down this path. The second video is just her coming out of the same entrance and running out of frame and just kind of running across out of frame barefoot in the rain, just kind of running across. That's the last time you see Kaylin. Nine weeks later in uh, December of, of 2014, her body was found in the Jordan River, which is a river that runs uh, through Salt Lake. Um, it was found... Uh, what about five, five miles, miles. Mm-hmm. from where she was last seen? So uh, her apartment complex, essentially. Five a lot miles. of people don't understand, and and to be honest, you know, it's it's a little baffling to all of us too, because the Jordan River is deep in some parts. It's it's it, there's it's not a, like a it's not like the Mississippi. Yeah, River. it's not. It's, a, a, it's more like a canal. It's a creek, almost. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like Let's it, talk yeah. about it. So now the water can get high. I mean, that's, sure, and that's it possible. is slick rocks, and it's dangerous. I mean, there's probably parts that. And you made a very good point earlier today because this is interesting. We were watching this last night because it was we were watching Amanda Knox, and then we started watching like some other disappearance videos, and Kaylin Louder came up. So we started watching Kaylin Louder stuff, and then we thought, well, you know what? Let's go find where this is because mm-hmm. I'd like to go physically yeah. see this and yeah. figure out what this is. So we looked it up and it was three minutes from our house. Yeah. Maybe. So earlier today, uh, Danny and I drove over there and we walked the path. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I, I shot a video of being inside the complex showing, because um, there's a, there's an interesting stuff. When you look at the CCTV, you don't even realize that her apartment is right there. Yeah. I'm actually glad that we went because when I would watch those videos, I just kept thinking that that, that, 
kind of big um the, the area behind faux, the rock if you see boulder this there's like this big um like almost it's been uh it's almost like a tree root system that I think has been plastered over to maintain the dirt that'd be my guess but I'm sure someone out there could correct me but I actually thought that the creek or the you know the the river or what have you was back there and it just looked like trees but when you get there it's actually the apartment complexes so I mean I was kind of being misled by what where she was and the geography of the location so I'm glad we checked it out yeah, and we we got some pictures that kind of show, and I like I said, I saw a video, and so it looks like what she must have done is have to have run out of her apartment and run down a, a very steep hill because right around the corner from where her apartment is, it's on the corner at the top of this hill. Um, you either go down and go into the rest of the complex, which somebody probably would have seen her because it went back mm-hmm. for a ways and was very mm-hmm. deep, or if you get right down to the bottom of the hill, right at the bottom of the hill, there's a right, and if you just follow that straight back, there's maybe four or five units on each side of the house, so maybe maybe 100 yards, maybe 200 yards mm-hmm. down this walkway, and there's the creek. There's the river. She could have turned, ran right down, gone straight down to that river somehow, and maybe even started walking down the center of the river. And But it... At that location of the river, it's like maybe six inches deep in some parts. Yeah, I took so a picture like of it. I'll like, show you guys yeah. what it looks like. And we can post a video on our Facebook. Um, yeah, Eric will like, post that for you. I mean, she would have had to maybe be taking a stroll down there because... Yeah. Or, there's, and, I mean, and, and she's, the... again, she's she's kind of lightly jogging like you do on your tippy toes when it's wet outside and you're trying to get in your house. Um, but she's lightly jogging away from her apartment. It does not look like she's being chased by anyone. Because no, no. nobody in, else comes out on frame. Right. It's, like, it's a really cold looking day. It's, it's, in fact, it was right around this time of year. I believe it was September 27th. So, I mean, we were like right around the same time of year and it was rainy, just kind of like the, the weather we've been having, having lately. lately. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar circumstances. So, I mean, you're going to want to at least have a jacket. She had a very light tank top on. Uh, shorts, if from what you can make out from the video, barefoot and nothing with her. She didn't take her phone, her keys, her wallet. Um, she left her dog that she loved behind um, in her car. So I, she, and I don't know why. I don't know why she's leaving her apartment in a in a mild jog. Right. I can't explain why. Is, There's a, a small sense of urgency there, but yet it, it's weird. It it just seems weird. That's the question. And see. He, Here's the thing with Kaylin, is that I don't think the mystery is in her death. There's two mysteries here, and they're both very mysterious. The first is, how did her body get five miles down a fairly shallow river? Not to mention that it would have... It's it's not like this is unpopulated. It would have flown gone through her apartment complex, mm-hmm. through na- other neighborhoods that yeah. are around there. It Along would have had streets. to go off of... Yeah, of streets. It would have had to go over little, like... Like levees and things. I yeah, mean, I mean, they kind of yeah. showed like places where it would have had to go through, like, um, oh, what are those things? called? Uh, where they, they, the tunnels that like go under a bridge or something like a, yeah, like oh, passage. I don't, I don't remember what those are called, but like where it would have to go a through levee? like drainage pipes essentially. And, and yeah. they're not really sure how her body would have navigated itself five miles yeah, down this yeah, river. I would almost have to think that she died pretty close to where they found her because there's no way that she died near her apartment because well, that water isn't powerful enough to carry her. Well, anyway. And they say, yeah. they say the police say that her body was in the water. The almost in, entirely, almost submerged. the entire time. I so, was, I said almost entirely submerged. Oh yes. So that's, but you were, but you said the same, um, an important fact too, so that they, when they found her, they were um, doing some maintenance on some pipes down there, and they found her, but she was almost entirely submerged. But yes, like you said, their theory was that she had been in the water the entire two months she was missing. I mean, her body. When they said they found it, they couldn't tell gender. They couldn't tell. Yeah, because sparks so bloated yeah, from on the so, water. And stuff. I mean, so here's the thing. 
She leaves her house. She goes in the water somehow, and she almost instantly... It's not like, and that's the thing. She must have died within a couple hours because, I mean, at other point, she would have just been a crazy woman walking in the in the river. Yeah, somebody would have seen her. Somebody would have seen her. Somebody would have pulled her out. If I feel like she must have run, tripped, hit her head, done something, dr- like you said, drowned. Danny made a good point. You can drown in a puddle of water if you're if you're unconscious. You, I think you said that earlier yep. when we were looking at the the creek. But the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think there's a mystery. I don't think she was a victim of foul play. The mystery is. What happened to her? What was this break that caused her to just run and leave her house? Was it normal? I mean, you see, I would go, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me goes, well, maybe your house was haunted. Maybe it was something paranormal, but her roommate doesn't seem to go, yeah, we had ghosts and shit would move Mm -hmm. around. Like, we never heard any stories. She didn't take her dog. And I mean, I think a lot of time, something that you love so much, I would would go, you're coming with me. Like, I wouldn't leave my dog at a place I thought was either a threat to me or... Like, can you imagine what would cause you, Danny, to run out of our front house Barefoot, leaving Lola behind, just going off. I mean, you'd have to uh, go. Maybe like a lot of Ambien. Right. Okay. <laughs> a lot. No, you, yeah, like a shit ton of Ambien. You, I've never taken an Ambien before. I've never, I've never done it. You have told me. I'm ashamed you, to say that I have. You took um, like you haven't for a long time because no, you did one. No, I mean we're talking like almost ten years. But I, um, yes, it was prescribed to me just for sleep, and I tried it a couple times. Fortunately, I actually still lived with my parents when I had tried this, and. Um, I would do a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. I would make phone calls. I would send texts. I would get up and eat. And I would have full-on conversations with my family. And they would say, don't you remember getting up and and talking with us and doing things? Um, And then I actually lived alone and had it. And I I wound up outside of my apartment at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was making a phone call. And I don't even remember how I got outside of my apartment. Um or what I was doing, but I'm so fortunate that I didn't get picked up. and Because and, uh, it was the middle of the night, mm-hmm. in your pajamas. Yep. And that was it. And I mean, that was the last time I was like, I'll never touch that stuff again. Like, this is this is jacked up. Like, it was really, it's, it's. I don't know, some people take it, maybe they have different experiences, but to me, it actually caused, like, psych, psychotic, uh, epi- uh, yeah, I episode. mean, like, I would not remember doing certain, and I would, I, but I would fully function, I would make phone calls, like I said, I would be able to do these things, but. To me, I don't know, I mean, they say there wasn't anything in her system, but it's been two months, you're, you're been in well, the water. Well, and they said there was no, they, illegal, illegal drugs, drugs or so fatal who, drugs, right, so I would like knows? to know, like, like I said, maybe her mom can say, I, they did say she had lost her job recently, and she had been going, her parents admittedly said she'd been going through a small bout of depression, you know, that she was going through something and that she was trying to kind of still get a job and do these things. And when she spoke to her mom on the phone, they actually talked about her filling out some applications and uh, working on her resumes and updating them. So she was positive and upbeat with her mom on the phone, but yet admittedly was going through this. I don't know. Maybe she had been prescribed something and medications can make you really weird especially like i mean they tell you it takes like six weeks for that stuff to even become normal in your body so i don't know if maybe she because again you have to already say something's already going on for her to be barefoot and and running away and leaving her stuff like already there's a a break in your in your rationality and your thinking because you didn't put footwear on and right so i don't know i really don't know it's just such a a, one of those things where it's like you know, in both of these things, in both of these situations, and I think that's one of the reasons why these things kind of went so well together. We know the outcome. There's no, there's no mystery. There's no, uh, 
you know, where, where's the body? No, it's right there. This is the thing. We know that Kaylin died. We know that Meredith died. We know that uh, something caused both of those incidents to happen. We know that, uh, that there are speculation on both, but neither one do we know what caused that initial moment for the tragedy to happen. What was it that sparked the murder of Meredith Kircher? What was it that sparked the death of Kaylin Louder? Uh, will we ever know? I don't know that anybody will ever know the story, the true story of Kaylin. I mean, I the, there's a lot that didn't happen there professionally as well that they said. I mean, her family is not happy with how things were handled, and they there's kind of the idea that law enforcement will do things um, to kind of wrap up a case uh, quicker. And if there's a homicide or something like that, it takes a lot of paperwork, it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of um, investigation. And if they can just rule it out as an accidental death, it's a lot easier, and they can... It, can be solved quickly and, and kind of on to the next. And they did say that when they found her, um, her body was in a kind of bad condition. It was badly decomposing and it was covered in moss and dirt. And um, it was, it was quite dirty. So the point is, is that the family wanted to know if it was possible that her body could have navigated its way five miles down the Jordan river. And you know, if it would have incurred any of the damage that a body would traveling that far. And they said that they didn't really clean the body to see if she had any bruises or scrapes or things like that. And again, those are things to look for in, in the instance of foul play. Were there any defensive wounds? Right. Were there any, and, and because of how long she had been in the water, they could not rule out what caused her death. They don't actually know if it was a head wound or, you know what it was. So, I mean, we don't know how she died um, or how she got there. Or why she was like emotionally, mm -hmm. like there were, she was not there for some of it. Like yep. if your roommate who you trust them enough to live with them and they're telling you nobody's here, like I'm standing right here. Nobody's here. The yeah. door is locked and you're still like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like there's something going on there. And you would think that yeah. you want to figure out like, I mean, and, and 911, I mean, there. they've had three three calls from this woman and one where they called her back and she, and she's clearly out of it. And yet they're not like, maybe we should send somebody over there and check on this, this emotionally unstable yeah. woman who, who clearly needs help because she's made some yeah. um, outrageous claims yeah. that are not matching up. And I mean, like it's, there's a lot of things you go, why, why weren't certain things, uh, actions taken? On, in you know, why didn't somebody yeah, check on the, on this woman after her making, um, because it was almost like something was happening and it was it was building up in the in these the 24 hours prior to her missing. I mean, all these phone calls happening that she was making, it was it was like she was in that state of mind for a couple of days. Right. Her mom said she sounded normal when she talked to her on the phone right but the day that, you know, she went missing earlier that day, but uh, I mean, I mean she sounded normal on the phone talking to 911. Yeah. She just she sounds really normal weird stuff, you Yeah, know? she just so yeah. There's like a huge difference between sounding mm -hmm. normal like I can you can sound normal, yeah, but that doesn't she, yeah. mean that mentally you're in the right state. Yeah, no. it was like she was um, in total belief that she was in an, in a different environment yeah. and in a different world. I mean, she believed her world, though. Yeah. <sighs> That's why I, I, I kind of think that there there could have possibly been, like, you know, not an illegal drug and not a fatal drug, but there but could have been a, a, a uh, something that could cause a psychotic reaction. Psychotic break. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, after there, walking the, after walking the path today, I mean, there's, there's really not a lot of places she could have gone mm -mm. when she came out and we'll post this video. It, it walks you through the whole thing. 
She couldn't have gone to the left. She, if she'd gone straight, she would have ended up at more houses. She kind of had to turn right, and the end of that road, there's the river. So, and there's a lot of people. Look, I walked that, I walked that path today. It was a little rainy. It was cold. We mm-hmm. went down there, and in the time that I parked my car, and I was like nervous because I didn't want people thinking I was. Yeah, I felt like we were kind of yeah. trespassing yeah. a little bit. But. So I parked my car, and on the time that I walked back, I passed. A few cars walking in, a couple people walking by. I I passed three or four people walking their dogs. I passed multiple people just walking through this this thing. Mm -hmm. It seems like a very active. It's not like everybody was in their house with the door closed. So it's not like she would have gone and been like abducted or would be murdered Mm -hmm. there and nobody would have seen it. People, I was there 10 minutes and I know that 12 people were very much aware that I was there. Yep. So it seems like a very safe place to live. It seems like a very nice community. It seems like people are watching out for each other and notice when something's not right. Mm-hmm. So I don't really feel like there's any way that she could have been abducted or murdered. It just seems like she ran down, went to the river. I, what I don't know is why she went there and how her body got five miles away. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking weird story. And I can't, I can't figure out those details walking the thing I, I can i can tell you i can almost tell you exactly what happened to her from when she left her house to when she got in the water There's, it is it is really shallow by her house i mean like and it runs through her apartment complex in the main part where people have to drive into the entrance like if there was just a body down there floating i i would almost have to say they saw it like you, you I would argue, she could but have gone down and gone like gone down and gone under that little bridge or something. Yeah, I there's don't know a what, lot of I don't know. But the fact is, is that if she if she would have ran if she ran back towards that way, it was a dead end where we parked the car. And when you watch this video, you see it. One way way was a dead end where I parked my car. The other way was more houses, and the other way was the river. And then if you keep going that way, you have to get out. And in order to get out, it's a one way road that is a winding. Uh, Kind of well, it's two lanes, but there's walls on both sides, and you had to actually pull over so a truck could go past you. Yep. So it's very thin, and it's long enough that if you saw a girl running up it in bare feet, I mean, it's, it's, it's not. I mean, I don't know, an an eighth of a mile maybe up that little thing. It's not a super yeah. long distance, but it's I long mean, enough and that we you don't would know how that. we don't know how often or how far she continues to jog. She right. could have just jogged out of frame and then started walking normally, and then maybe no one would have thought it was super weird and. And like, I know she's barefoot, but I don't want to bother. Maybe she's just trying to get in touch with sure. the earth. I don't know. I, sure. I mean, I don't you know, know, but I, I mean, but again, I don't remember any, any, uh, witnesses coming forward and saying no. they saw a girl. And no, I, I know and that's why I agree. His, there's, right. there's even cars in, in the video that you watch where in the time lapse from when she goes outside and, and things like that, there's a parking space that's opened and then a uh-huh. car pulls in and then, and then it's open and then another car pulls in. So, I mean, people are actually would almost have to be seeing her. I mean, there's traffic, there's movement. Um, right. I don't know. It's uh, really, it's really weird. And I, I mean, it, like I said, I can, I can pretty much walk the path of where she went. I just can't tell you what got her there. And that's really what a um, lot of these cases are. Another interesting thing about that. And I don't really know what, it, how much it has to do with it, but could uh, fuel her depression or her anxiety or, but uh, I think her brother just a couple weeks or something like that was convicted of murder yeah, right she, before. He, I mean, her so, twin brother, right? Did it say it was her twin I brother? I don't remember that detail, but it was her brother uh, nonetheless, and he was convicted of manslaughter. So, I mean, she she was going through, I think, a stressful time. But it's hard to say. Um, we'll post this video uh, on on probably our Facebook page because it'll probably be about five minutes long. 
uh, to, to actually walk through all this. I'll work on that tonight and get it cut so that we can uh, get it get it published. Um, and so you can kind of walk through the the, the scene with us and, and make up your own mind about Kalen. As far as Amanda goes, I'd say watch that documentary. Watch some other stuff. Form your own opinions about Amanda. We're all going to have our own opinions about what we think and who did it. But I'd like to know yours. Do you think uh, Amanda Knox is a murderer that got away with it? Do you think she was a sex-crazed femme fatale who uh, talked her lovers into murdering an innocent roommate? Or was she just a girl who had a boyfriend that the police had a boner for? Ew, gross. No. Italian police. Come up with another analogy. All right. Italian Uh, sausage. uh, They had it out for him. A big hard nightstick for him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sasha. (laughs) Save me. (laughs) Point being. I'm going to start my own podcast. (laughs) And you know what? It's going to have just as many dick jokes. They'll be better, though. They will be better dick jokes. Um, And bigger. (laughs) go watch some stuff go do your research this week we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to talk uh, if you guys have uh, you know local disappearances or weird things that have happened in your area that may not have gotten the uh, national attention international attention that some of these other cases have we want to know about them Um, or if you know anything about Kaylin yeah if you're here locally and you know about Kaylin I mean I feel like hopefully you would have come forward if you're the decent person who would be listening to our podcast (laughs) but But we'd love to know if you do I mean I'd love to know more I'd love or to know. You should share it. Yeah, I'd so love that, to know some, some some details that I guess the news wouldn't be interested in. So, uh, I guess in closing, Eric, you got anything to say? Uh, no, I was going to crack a joke, but I decided not to. It's <laughs> probably best for all of us. <laughs> Danny, um, I got nothing. Same thing. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where like there's really nothing to say. These these were incidences where people lost their lives, and they're tragic. Uh, they're both really, there's, they're both almost so simple that it's, it's hard to gain even any kind of like momentum with a, a story because it's like, they're just so like, this is this, this and is that's that. Right. And you either got to believe, believe one way or believe another. That's really all it comes down to. And with a lot of stuff, that's really what it comes down to. It's whether or not you believe. So we hope that, uh, you guys do some research. Find out for yourselves. Figure out what you think happened. And we want to know your theories. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Thanks again for listening. On behalf of Eric, on behalf of Danny, on behalf of Sasha, and everyone here at the Super Secret Area 52 facility, we'll see you next time. My girl... My girl, don't lie to me Tell me when did you sleep last night In the pines, in the pines Where the sun don't ever shine I would shiver the whole night through My girl, where The sun don't ever shine I would shiver the whole night through The husband was a hard-working man Just about a mile from here